How are y'all doing? Welcome back, back to the Cold Seat Podcast, where the seats are cold and takes are hot. Episode two of Thursday Turf Talk, coming at y'all on this Thursday morning. This week, we're going to go through some week one college football games, even though we did have some last week, kind of counted as week zero, as you know, we only had six games on the slate last week. We both went 3-0 and in our predictions, might I add. Um, we are just counting towards our record the winners, the outright winners, not including spread. We're just predicting spread just for the heck of it, um, just for fun. That is not going to go towards our record. That will go for the NFL as well, um, where we're just going to count winners. So both 3-0 and to start off the 2023 football season. And, and today we're going to talk about four college games. So normally we're going to talk about all the ranked matchups we have where two ranked teams are facing each other. Then we're going to get it. We're going to each pick a game, any game we want, each pick one. And then we're going to talk about the Texas Tech game, of course. And then today, after that, while we don't have NFL games until next Thursday, we're going to just briefly talk about um, NFL awards, our predictions for the top five or six awards, and then also division winners for the NFL. So a brief sneak peek, and then we'll get into some more in-depth on the NFL next week in the third edition of Thursday Turf Talk. But I'll let you get kicked off. Looking forward to get this one going today. And we have a big, big matchup this weekend uh, for college football. The one comes, uh, biggest one of the week comes on Sunday with LSU and Florida State going down to Orlando, Florida at a quote neutral site game. Uh, last year was similar. The quote neutral site was in New Orleans. So um, basically home game for LSU last year, going to be a home game for Florida State for the most part this year. Um, number five, LSU versus number eight, Florida State. Probably the biggest game on the slate, probably until Notre Dame and Ohio State play, I think. I, I don't know what the matchups are next week. People are going to talk about Texas-Alabama. I just don't know if that's going to be, in the long haul, a really important game right. for the landscape of college football. I think this week's game is, is huge. Um Again, for the the playoff landscape and all that thing, these are two teams a lot of a lot of people are picking to go to the playoffs. So, um, a lot of Heisman Heisman implications as well. The line opens at least via ESPN. The line is at LSU minus two and a half. Um, me personally, I'm taking Florida State to win and cover. Um, I think they they return a lot of talent. Kind of kind of as we talked about last week with picking them to win the ACC, they return a lot of talent. Um, you know, Jared Verse coming back being the big one up front. Probably would have been a top, you know, eight-ish pick. A lot of people had him as edge two over Tyree Wilson before he withdrew his name from the draft. So a lot of talent comes back there. A lot of senior talent on that team. A lot of veteran talent. That said, I do think LSU's going to be really good this year. I think Brian Kelly is turning that program around. And Jane Daniels is a great college quarterback. I just think that what Florida State's going to present offensively with Jordan Travis, Johnny Wilson, uh, a returning offensive line, returning running back stable. I think he's going to be a lot for LSU to deal with. And I'm not sure how, not that the LSU secondary is just, yeah, any slouches, but I just don't know how they're going to deal with all that um, and what the Florida State offense can do in a multitude of ways. So I'm going to take Florida State to win and cover. Uh, but this should be, uh, this is the game I'm most looking forward to. I know I'm pumped about the tech game that we'll talk about here in a few minutes, but uh, I'm really looking forward to this one, seeing two great quarterbacks duel it out and um, seeing two highly touted teams preseason uh, duke it out early this early in the season. No doubt. Really looking forward to this one. A matchup of the top eight teams. Two top eight teams in the same game is not something you normally see this early in the season. Really looking forward to it, though. Um, like you said, I, I just think Florida State's a little more versatile, a little more of a complete team. 
than LSU, although both teams have a real shot at the playoff and conference championships uh, this season nonetheless. But I am going Florida State as well to win and cover that two-and-a-half point spread. Um, Yeah, LSU was favored by two-and-a-half. Obviously, they had a better season last year. I can see why. Um, A little more promise going into the season. I just think LSU is going to really burst out onto the scene more so than people think. Obviously, they're ranked number eight. They're getting a good bit of credit. But I think Florida State's going to be really good this year. And, uh, yeah, I think they're going to win by six or seven or so. But uh, moving into the next game we have on the slate here, this game I chose um, North Carolina versus South Carolina, another big matchup. Uh, between two, you know, pretty solid teams that have a lot of good players on their rosters. North Carolina is ranked 21. They were one of my dark horses this year with Drake May at quarterback. Uh, they did lose some weapons over the past couple seasons, but still have pretty solid roster throughout. UNC is favored by two and a half. I believe it's played at South Carolina, however. But I'm still going UNC to win and cover that two and a half point spread. Um, I could see him winning by 10 or so. I just don't know. South Carolina did have a couple big wins towards the end of the season last year. Um, Granted, it was against depleted teams due to injury, but I think North Carolina just, I think this is going to be a year they take a step forward. It seems like they always have a solid quarterback and they never can get over the hump in terms of, you know, pushing for a playoff. Um, I think down the stretch, that could be a top 10 team. And I don't think they make a playoff just because of how difficult the ACC is going to be. But I think it's going to be a really exciting season for the Tar Heels and a lot to look forward to. I'm with you. I think I'm I'm taking uh, North Carolina here as well. I think two and a half is a tight spread, considering this is a ranked versus unranked matchup. I, I know there's a lot of hype around what Shane Beamer uh, kind of did at the end of the season there with South Carolina, and if you want to call it the resurgence of Spencer Rattler, we can. Um, I'm not sure if I'm bought in on that yet. I know they beat Clemson, which they haven't done in a long time. I know they beat Tennessee. Granted, that Tennessee team. They their their Super Bowl was the Alabama game, and when you go back and watch when you went and watched the Georgia tape, it wasn't great. And then they kind of really fell off after that when when Hendon Hooker got hurt. So I I don't know if I'm buying the hype going into this season. They also lose some some NFL talent, uh, kind of across the board. Two corners, they lost an offensive lineman, they lost a, a couple other guys. So I just I, I'm not sure if I'm buying it yet. I'm definitely taking UNC and them to cover. Um, not sure how confident I am on the national stage with UNC. Um, I know Drake May is really, really good, but I think in college football, there's only so much a quarterback can do for you when you're staring Florida State and Clemson in the face within the conference, which is tough. Um, again, when a 12-team playoff, maybe we're talking about something a little bit different, but in a 14-team playoff, I don't know how much noise they can make this year. That said, I think they're going to be a team that puts Florida State and Clemson on an upset watch later in the year, um, which should both be you know exciting games to go watch. Moving forward here, the game that I picked for the week um, kind of flip-flop between Clemson and Duke because I feel like the Clemson game is a little more uh, important to the national stage because I don't know if Florida or Utah are making a playoff push or a New Year's Six Bowl bid. Now, I mean, Utah could go in the Pac-12. I don't, I don't think that's going to happen. But, again, I think that the Florida or the, the Clemson-Duke game is a bigger deal nationally. That said, I think the Florida and Utah game will be much better. The spread's tighter. I think it's just a better environment, better atmosphere. Um, you know, as, a, you know, as Rice Eccles in Salt Lake City versus, um, you know, playing in Duke. So uh, with the Florida-Utah game, 
uh, Florida at number 14, Utah. Utah opens at four. I think they open at six and a half point favorites. I think they're now at four point favorites, at least per ESPN. I'm taking Utah to win. I'm taking Florida to cover right now at, at plus four, only because I don't know if, like, it sounds like Cam Rising is going to play, but I don't know how healthy he's going to be. And I think that maybe this game was super tight last year. Um, and obviously the, this Florida teams, I don't know if they're going to be as good as last year, but neither, I don't think neither is Utah. Um, again, the health of Cam Rising makes me pause on the spread. I think it'll be a tight game that Utah wins probably with a, a stop. I think a stop late is what they get. They get a big stop late in the fourth quarter um, and kind of just run the, run the clock out. Um, I'm hoping this is a great game. I think this is the only spread we have picked differently, which is great. Um, so I'm going to take U- Utah to win, but Florida to cover at plus four. Should be a great game. I'm looking forward to it. Should be an awesome environment up in Salt Lake City as well. Yeah, big game this weekend. I mean, there's a reason it's the lone game tomorrow night um, on ESPN at 7 p.m. Central. It's going to be it's going to be big, going to be a fun one to watch. I definitely think, you know, Florida, a lot of new guys on that team this year throughout. I think it's going to take a little bit of time for them to grow um, and become their full form, like like it is every team, but I think more so for the Gators just because obviously losing Anthony Richardson, they didn't really have much around him, but even the guys they did have, uh, Osiris Torrance, Javon Dexter, I mean, they had some, still some big-name guys that they have to replace and choose to fill. Um but I'm going Utah, and I'm picking Utah to cover, like you said, the only one we're differing on. Um, although, like you said, Cam Rising, if he isn't like himself, I mean, I'm probably picking Florida. So um, I'm just predicting Utah to win, mainly because they have more experience, they have more turnover, and they're at home. Tough trip for Florida. So I'm going with Utah here. Uh, nonetheless, should be a fun game. I hope it's close, as you know, everyone's pretty much everyone's going to be watching that one. Like I said, the only game on this Thursday tomorrow or I guess tonight when you're listening um the final game on the slate here of course we got to finish off with the Texas Tech matchup every week um they're traveling to Laramie Wyoming to play the University of Wyoming this Saturday uh, I believe the game is at 6 30 and Texas Tech is favored by 14 and a half uh, it's gone up a little bit in Tech's favor I'm going with Texas Tech to win by 21 I even put a score of prediction of 38 to 17 um, I just think a ton of turnover for Texas Tech, only losing a couple guys, including what seventh overall pick Tyree Wilson. Tyree Wilson. I think it's going to be close for a little bit. You know, everyone says Wyoming's a tough place to play. Um, I think it's going to be close for a little, and then the second half, you kind of see Tech get into a rhythm, kind of run the offense they're wanting to run. Probably a lot of hurry up offense. Um, you know, really pushing the pace, controlling time of possession. Um, those are going to be big things down the stretch on the road to open the season. Um, obviously, the whole playbook's not going to be open, but I'm really looking forward to this matchup. Obviously, being a student here, you, you've completely engulfed in all of the hype that surrounds this program, um, really since Joey McGuire got here in April of 2022, but even more so this offseason as they're preparing for this upcoming season. Um, you know, high expectations. A lot of people were surprised they weren't ranked, but. Um, I like being on rank to start the season. Obviously, it's nice having that number next to your name, kind of some national recognition. But first team out, um, votes-wise, of the rankings. So if they win this week, you're likely in the rankings. Given that a 20 to 25 ranked team loses, you'll probably leapfrog them into the rankings, um, creating a ranked matchup next week against what is now number 15, Oregon. That could always change as well. 
but yeah, I'm looking forward to it. It's going to be a really fun game. I'm really interested to see how the new look tech defense looks overall, uh, more so than the offense. I think the defense is going to be a lot of fun to watch. And I'm looking forward to to watching it this weekend. Yeah, I'm, I'm taking tech to win as well and to cover at 14 and a half. I actually have, I'm winning uh, 45 to, to, 20, to 17 or 28 point margin. I think um, this is this is a statement game for Joe. I think he's viewing this as a statement game to come out. They get a lot of preseason love, and then they come out unranked. And I think that he wants to come out and make a huge statement on what this team can be this year and what they're going to do, especially going into what is going to be, uh, the, frankly, the biggest game uh, for this program in years. Since we've been here, definitely probably since, what, over a half a decade, maybe pushing a decade um, the most certainly the most important game to this program's future that we've had in a long, long time. So, uh, you know, I, I think the defense is going to come out wanting to prove a lot. There's been a lot of talk about how how can you say the defensive line is better and deeper when you lose the seventh overall pick in the draft and you lose a safety. Well, they replaced it. They replaced the safety with a better with a better with a better defensive back, and they bring back a healthier and a, just a deeper room in, in, on the defensive line. So, um. You know, they do lose Tyree Wilson, which sucks. And even Joey said, like, I'd take Tyree back now. Like, if I could, like, yeah, absolutely. How, why would, why wouldn't you? The guy was statistically the, the best edge rusher in, in college last year, like, statistically, with, with win rates and what he was doing with pressures and sacks when he went out. Like, he was the best edge rusher in college football last year. How, why wouldn't you want to have that guy back? So, um, you know, that said, though, they lose him and they lose um, Reggie Pearson to Oklahoma and they replace. They replaced Reggie with, with C.J. Baskerville, and look at the offensive side of the ball. They don't really lose a lot, um, and then they, and they lose Sir Roderick Thompson, but they, you know, I don't know if losing a running back is going to hurt them all that much, as, as great as Sir Roderick was. I, when you look at what the, kind of the offense that Kitley runs, I don't know if it's very predicated on having a super talented back, not to mention Taj Brooks is very talented. Um, Cameron Valdez showed a lot at the end of the season, so... This is a statement game for Tech. I think the defense is going to score six in this game. I think the defense is going to put a lot of pressure on that Wyoming team. And um, I think Tim DeRuiter is going to force a turnover and a couple turnovers. And one of them is going to end up in points, which is why I have them at 40, 45 to 17. I think you're right, though. I think maybe it's tight early. But I, I truly I think Joey's going to have these guys ready to go. Um, doesn't matter when, where, who they're playing. I think he's going to have these guys ready to go from, from the jump. So looking for a, looking for a big, a fast start. And for them to just kind of keep the foot on the gas kind of as we go um, and then maybe take it, you know, ease it up in the fourth quarter, kind of get out of there with a win, never get everyone home healthy for the Oregon next week. So um, couldn't be more excited, though. I, I don't remember the last time I've been this excited for for my team's college football season, um, you know, a long time. So I'm, I'm pumped. Um, you probably be looking going back to like the Matt Barkley when he came back for his senior year at SC. That's probably the most excited, like the least the last time I was ex- this excited about a college season for like my team was probably back when S when Matt Barkley came back for for SC for his senior year. Um, they had TJ McDonald as like a top you know top safety in the country. Um, they're like ranked number two preseason. So probably the last time I was this excited, but I'm I'm pumped, man. This Tech team, um, they got something they got something cool cooking over there. So I'm, I'm looking forward to this weekend, and uh, it could be 60 to zero, and I'm watching every snap of that game, every snap. So. But I'm I'm pumped. I know I talked about it the other day. I can't wait for college football to be back, like fully back. We were halfway back last week. We got a little bit of a tease um, with some bad matchups. So I'm I'm pumped for this weekend. Um, should be an absolute just monster weekend of football. And um, 
can't wait to enjoy it. A couple cold beers for those of age, drink responsibly. But very excited to uh, kick back and watch football this weekend. Yeah, looking forward to it. Um, I mean, I'll be in Vegas, so I'll be at the sport book probably with 20 games on at once. Hopefully, hey, hopefully able to catch parla- as much. Throw a couple parlays down. Yeah. Hey, oh, yeah. can we? Can you? Can you throw a parlay down on all these picks? The cold seat picks this week. Yeah, I could. I could do that. They're like, ten, they're like 10, 20 bucks on it. See what happens. If you hit yeah. it, you need to come back. I mean, you're yeah. picking favorites for the most part. Like, I don't know how crazy the right. play would be, but yeah. Um, the, the one, the one, the one game you're picking against the favorite is a two and a half point spread. So I don't know how crazy that'll be, but and those mm-hmm. lines may be different at, at you. You want a Caesars? Yeah. Yeah, it may be different for them, right? Like their 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 sports books different, so it might be different. But hey, throw a little parlay down, get it running this weekend. Yeah, I'll try to. Um, looking forward to it though. Tons of football this weekend across the college landscape. Moving on to NFL though. This week, like I said, to kick off the episode, we're going to talk about a bunch of different awards, and then also going to pick division winners for all eight divisions. But going to start off with awards here. I'm going with Mahomes to repeat. Um, I just feel like kind of talk about this every year and he yet again produces um, regardless of who's around him he still has kelsey um he has another year of isaiah pacheco and i mean better receivers than last year should be um so no reason for him not to win it i think there's going to be more competition this year than there was last year but i still think he's going to walk away with the with the mvp As much as I want to pick him to repeat, I think voters don't want to do that. Unless it's like this blowout, he's the MVP, like just not even close. Um, I think people got tired of it when I think the NFL saw not great things happen when Peyton, he went for like what, three straight one year in a stretch, or he went for like two, he like won like four and five or six years. So I think voter fatigue might set in. And I, I don't, that's why I'm not picking him to repeat. Um, I'm taking Joe Burrow. I think when you look at the next tier of, you can really pick one of quarterbacks, it's Burrow, uh, Hertz, Herbert, or Allen. Again, I don't know if Lamar is going to win another one because voter fatigue, right? Like he's one, one. Um, and I also think, uh, in it, in th- this year, specifically in a new offense, I'm, I never want to pick a quarterback in a new offense, which is why I also didn't want to take Herbert this year. Um, so I think when you narrow that, it goes to Jalen. Burrow and and Josh and I think that I think the Eagles are taking a step back I think they're still gonna win the division but I think they're taking a step back and I think Josh throws too many interceptions this year I think he makes too many takes too many gambles that end up kind of he's on the wrong side of him so I'm taking Joe Burrow to win his first MVP this year um you know we'll talk division winners in a second but I think he could have won it last year I think he, he also think but it's got to be a media darling it's got to be a guy that the media likes We've never seen someone win an MVP. Like Mike Vick could have won an MVP when he was with Philly when he came back, but the media didn't like him. He wasn't a media dog. He didn't win it. So, you know, I think that's a big part of it too. And I think Joe is, outside of Mahomes, maybe the biggest media darling in, in the NFL right now. So I'm, I'm going to take Joe to win it. Um, that said, pick pick from one of the five or six top quarterbacks in the league. I think Trevor Lawrence has a good shot as a dark horse if he can if he really takes the next step in his development and, and that offensive line can kind of stay healthy all year. I think he has a real shot. Um, 
but I think it's going to, it's always going to be a quarterback, uh, which is why offensive player of the year exists. So we can give it to give the best offensive, the most valuable offensive player. That's not a quarterback an award. I'm taking Tyreek Hill this year, a guy who was on pace to probably win it last year before he got hurt. Um, he was on pace to, to have better numbers and Jefferson gets hurt. I'm taking Tyreek this year. I think, uh, you know, Miami didn't get JT couldn't trade for him. They're going to be throwing the ball. I think a lot this year, they're in a tough division. You look at, they probably can't run the ball as much as they want to. And again, uh, you see, you saw how much, even whether it was two or it was a back, a, a quarterback, like, you know, I don't know who their backup is this year off the top of my head, but whoever it's going to come in, if two, it gets hurt again. They're going to lean on Tyreek. That's very evident. So I think um, Tyreek has another another monster year. I don't know how many more he has in him. How long the speed lasts is kind of how long I think he can be the top, you know, one of the top weapons, if not the top weapon in football. It's all dependent on how long his speed lasts um, and how long he can keep that high end, uh, that extra gear going. But I think this is a year he still has it, and then I'm going to take Tyree to win Offensive Player of the Year. Um, an award he probably was on pace to win last year. Yeah, I like that pick. Definitely one that could come to fruition um, just with how explosive he is and how that offense kind of revolves around him. I'm going with Christian McCaffrey running back. And I just think the way he impacts the game, both, you know, there's a few, very few running backs that impact the game the way he does at the level he does. And if he can get his touchdown numbers up a little bit this year, I think he should be able to win it. I think that's the main thing for him. You know, he gets a ton of yards, and it's just with how loaded that offense is, I'm worried about the touches that he's going to get. And that's the only thing, but I'm still going to pick him to win it. Um, But, I mean, it could be a quarterback, too. There's a lot of good quarterbacks this year with a lot of good guys around him. So um, I wouldn't be betting against a quarterback winning this award either. I think I think you look at a guy like Justin Fields could really win it. I mean, if he had the Bears could still be terrible, and if Justin Fields takes a step and, and runs a lot, right, guy could, that could win this award as well. Um, kind of moving to defensive player of the year here. I think we are on the same page with Micah Parsons. He was close last year. If you look at it from like a value standpoint, he's the most valuable defensive player in football. And I don't think it's particularly close. I'm not saying he's the best. I think he's the most valuable though. You take mm-hmm. him off that defense, and they are – he does so much for them. I think in that conversation, you can probably throw, like, Aaron Donald in there, Derwin James, but these guys aren't winning defensive player of the year this year. Um, you yeah. probably talk about, like, a Sauce Gardner, um, a Roquan Smith maybe for the Ravens potentially, like, depending on what they're going to look like this year. Um, but I think, again, Micah's a, a different dude. Um, it, he does a lot for them. I think he's winning it again. I think he's going to win it this year. He was close, again, close last year. Um, I don't think Nick Bosa repeats what he did last year. Again, considering the fact he's not even practicing, he's holding out. So um, give me Micah to win this award this year. Yeah, I'm going with Micah as well. Um, like you said, really valuable. few guys that are as valuable as he is. And I think, you know, the Cowboys, everyone says, oh, they're going to make a jump this year. I don't think they're going to make a jump. I mean, they might win a playoff game, but likely having to go on the road to open the playoffs and they're not going to be facing a 45 year old Tom Brady this time around in the wild card round. So it's going to be a tough year for them to make a run just with the Eagles being in their division and everyone else in their division getting better, especially the giants uh, commanders, obviously new ownership, new quarterback. There's going to be a new kind of vibe inside that building. And I think they're going to, they're not going to be good, but 
they're still going to, you know, win some games they probably shouldn't and you know, kind of be a little thorn in some of these divisional opponents' team, divisional opponents' um, schedule. And so looking forward to see how much further the Cowboys can surround Micah with talent. Um, obviously, their defense is looking better this year, but still Micah is their best player, and I just want him to not have such a big responsibility. But I think – his stats should be crazy this year. I'm looking forward to see what they end up being. Um, but, yeah, he was my pick. It wasn't too hard of a pick. One of my quicker decisions on this. Um, moving on here, coach of the year. I'm going with Dan Campbell, Detroit Lions head coach. Big year last year. Um, you know, kind of a tough year one, a little bit slower than I thought he would ha- – a little bit slower of a jump that I thought he would take. Um, you know, disappointed just because of the talent in that division two years ago. Um, but yeah, I think the Lions are going to take this, take a step this year. I'm going pretty far. Um, I think they're going to win the division and looking forward to see how they go. Um, you know, kind of how they play throughout the season. I think they're going to get through it and not really have a cold stretch. Um, it's one of the things that I think the Lions are well equipped for is the duration, like the wear and tear of the season. And I just think. The way their roster is right now, how they built it up, um, obviously receivers are looking good. Tight end, not great, but still, I mean, you have a room that, for the most part, has most of their players coming back from last year. They made a couple big defensive additions, um, so I'm looking forward to see how they how they play throughout the season. I think they're going to be one of the sleeper teams to make a run. Yeah, I think had you not taken Dan Campbell, I, I was going to take him. Um, I just I don't want to for the sake of a conversation being different and for just the content sake, I'm going to take Mike Tomlin. I hate what coach of the year has become because coach of the year has basically become, okay, what team who didn't make the playoffs last year made the playoffs this year. And we're going to give them coach of the year. I, I don't like that. Um, granted, like Mike Tomlin fits that bill, but I, I don't think that's really the point. Like I thought I would take an Arthur Smith because I think the Falcons are winning that division because I'm spoiling what I'm going to talk about later, but whatever. I think I almost heard Arthur Smith, but again, I, I think Mike Tomlin wins it. I think what he's been able to do with that team this year, and, and we'll get to why I think that in a minute, but what I think he's going to be able to do with a not that talented roster, um, almost making the playoffs last year, and I think improving upon that this year, I, I think he's going to win it. He should win it. I think I think he's the best coach in football, frankly. I, you, you look at what he does and what his resume is and what he's been able to do with the teams, he's the cards he's been dealt sometimes. And I think maybe the poor general managing of that team at times, I think he's what he does is special. Uh, so I'm going to take Mike Tomlin here again. Had you not taken Dan Campbell, I probably would take Dan Campbell, but just again, just for the sake of the conversation to be different and have um, a different piece of content to talk about, I'll go with Mike Tomlin offense rookie of the year. Um, the B. John Robinson, I, it's usually a quarterback award. That said, I don't know if the quarterbacks are going to put up the numbers this year to match the utterly stupid numbers I think Bijan's going to put up. I had a fantasy draft last night. Or we had a fantasy draft last night. I picked eighth of ten, and I wanted to take Bijan, and my own blood took him in front of me at seven, which I still think is late. I, I was thinking, like, oh, if I get Bijan at eight, that's a steal because I think Bijan should be taken, like, top three. There was no reason. He's a rookie running back. He's in an offense that's going to feed him the football. I mean, look at look at what look at the number look at the touches that Derrick Henry got. And I'm not saying he's Derrick Henry, but like look at the touches that Derrick Henry got in Arthur Smith's offense. 
And then think about what Bijan can do as a pass catcher. There's an argument to take him 1-1 in redraft. Genuinely. I mean, he's dynasty the 1-1, but like there's a there's a there's a reason that, that you could take him 1-1 in a regular standard PPR redraft. Um so I yeah, I'm thinking it was a offensive rookie there. It was the the easiest choice on the on the board here. Yeah, I picked him as well. Um I was just thinking about all the rookies that were drafted offensively in the first round, and I just don't think any of them are gonna have the impact and or are as versatile as he will be for that offense. So uh, when you infuse kind of a lackluster offense roster-wise for the most part, um, with a guy like him, it's going to pay dividends. And just hope, as long as he stays healthy, that offense should be good. Um, obviously, it's going to depend on how the quarterback position plays out and how the performance from the quarterback um, helps that team. But nonetheless, they made a ton of defensive d- Defensive additions, um, Clays Campbell and Jesse Bates were two big ones. They made some others as well. O-line's not bad, and they have Drake London and Kyle Pitts. So um, no reason why they shouldn't be good. I know it's not a great division, um, but nonetheless, one division race to look out for and a team to look out for is the Atlanta Falcons. Moving on to Devons Rookie of the Year, though. I'm going with Devon Witherspoon. I think he's going to have a big impact. And like I said earlier, um, I'm really looking forward to see how he does. I know some people didn't really know where he would go in the draft. And I think Seattle was a perfect spot. They picked him at five, I'm pretty sure. So I think when you put him with Tariq Woolen, he's going to get a lot more targets than a highly, highly touted rookie normally would just because of who's on the other side of him. I'm really looking forward to see what the Seahawks do this year. Um, I have them making the playoffs as a wild card team. And I just think overall, he's going to have a big impact. He should have really, really good ball production. And he's probably already above average tackler in the, across the league as the, like in terms of corners. So um, I think he's primed to have a really good year. Great system. A uh, great fit for him. And I think, you know, a lot of people didn't really see him going five to Seattle, um, but definitely an underrated pick for them, an underrated pick overall in the NFL draft that I think will pay off big time for Seattle. They're kind of continuing to revamp and somewhat rebuild that's, that team, and they did a great job this offseason. Yeah, I mean, I love the pick. The, the Witherspoon pick was great, and I love Witherspoon and what he can do. I think he's. Um, I think when we we talked about him and, and Gonzalez is like the consensus top two corners. Um, I liked Gonzalez as like a better long term lockdown CB one, but I thought Devon Witherspoon was probably the better. Like he's better today. Um, that said, I don't I just don't know if a corner can win this award when you look at the edge rushers that were drafted in the you know the defensive linemen that were drafted in the top twenty. Um, I I I teetered on. I thought about Jalen Carter because I think he's obviously again the most talented player in the draft, um, least defensive player in the draft. Had you know the off the field stuff. I just don't know if he's gonna get enough reps in year one. It's just as as deep as that Philly defensive line is in the way that they rotate those guys. Um, so I kind of was between Will Anderson and Tyree Wilson, um, and it boiled down to I think Will's a better run defender right now, and I think Will will have more chances to sack the quarterback. I think that. 
when you look at what Vegas has, Tyrese in our three-man rotation, Will Anderson's playing every defensive snap for the Texans this year, probably. Uh, he's a bigger name as well. So I'm going to take Will Anderson. I think he has a great year. I think he's <laughs> – I think we kind of got tired. It's, it's like – it's going to happen with, with Caleb, I think, too. We kind of got tired of talking about Will Anderson for so long, and we kind of just – oh, yeah, Will Anderson, whatever. Um, let's talk about Tyree. Let's talk about, you know, Will McDonald. Let's talk about all these other guys, and we kind of just let Will hang out. And I think everyone's forgotten how damn good Will Anderson is as a football player, like how unique of a of a player he is and how really, really good he is. Same thing's going to happen thing with Trevor Lawrence. Same thing's going to happen with Caleb Williams. I think we all kind of – and then the whole Jalen Carter thing happened off the field. So it's like we had a lot to talk about. And we kind of just forgot about Will Anderson, I feel like, and how, again, special this guy is. So I think he's going to win it. Um, again, I think from a, a just a pure impact standpoint, yeah, I, th- I think the guy like Devon Witherspoon, I think you even look at Gonzalez, guys like that can have an elite year one impact. I just I don't know if corners can win this award. That That's my pause on that kind of thing. That's why I take Will Anderson. I think this is – the defense player there is always an edge rusher. I, I'm just – I'm always going to take an edge rusher at these awards until I'm – if I'm wrong, I'm, if I'm wrong, I'm wrong. I'm going to take the the, odd, the better odds. So that said, I think Witherspoon's a great pick, um, but I'm going with Will Anderson, Will Anderson Jr. That is um, with a big year for the Texans um, under some incredible tutelage of of D'Amico Ryan's in that defensive that defensive line room. So I'm um, looking for a big year for Will in year one to kind of bolster um, and, and make make Houston right with what they did to go move up back up to three and get him. Um, that kind of wraps up our, our preseason superlatives for the NFL. Um, comeback player of the year, I guess we could talk about, but it's going to be Demar Hamlin because he's going to play this year. It's which is which is isn't isn't the wrong thing. Like I'm not saying it's not the right thing to do, but if he if he steps foot on a football field every week, he's going to win it because of the comeback he had. So um, I don't know. I mean, I, I think you're, you're I think you look like you're nodding your head in agreement. Like that's just how it's going to be. Yeah. Um. But yeah, that kind of wraps it up. Uh, division winners are next up here. Um, I'll just start, I'll just start with the NFC North. And this is this is your your team's division. I'll let you kick it one off. Yeah, AFC North is going to be once again one of the best divisions in football. I think um, there's just a lot of teams, excluding Cleveland, that do the little things right. I think when you look at the Bengals, Ravens, and Steelers, they all have really good kickers, good special teams overall, and. Eh, Two of the three have really good quarterbacks. Pickett's good. I'm not going to give him too much credit yet, but he he can take a step this year, but he's not in the category that Burrow or Lamar. Um, no. But I think the Ravens and Bengals are the front runners for this division. I say, you know, the Bengals are favorited um, as they should be. They've had the best recent, the most recent success, um, obviously making it far the past couple of years including a Super Bowl berth. But I think when you look at the Ravens, yes, they're my team, but um, they really haven't looked like this offensively in over a decade. Um, you know, you finally have a legit wide receiver room. Um, you could probably say above average wide receiver room. Uh, but, I mean, they've been bottom three for the last five years, and that's just something that wasn't even part of the game. You know, Lamar won an MVP with – 30-whatever-year-old Willie Sneed as his best receiver. And I think just when you look at the new style offense, they have better position coaches. 
Todd Munkin, I think the personnel he had at Georgia is a great fit for the Ravens, um, utilizing Mark Andrews, Isaiah Likely, um, similar to what he did at Georgia with his loaded tight end room. Um, and then he has receivers, probably a little more so at the Ravens than he did at Georgia last year to you know, kind of spread it out, keep the defense honest, and then a loaded backfield with guys who have different skill sets. Um, you know, as of now, not, no elite talents in the backfield, um, although I think J.K. Domas is going to have a really big year. But four guys in the backfield have different skill sets, including undrafted free agent rookie Keaton Mitchell, who I'm really excited about. Um, but, yeah, four guys in the backfield who can all make an impact, all are going to have meaningful playing time, I think. And I think uh, the defense is looking good as well. So I think there's going to be a couple games in there, especially with Joe Burrow's health as well. I think that could lead to a slow start to the season for the Bengals. So I'm going to pick the Ravens to win the division probably by one game. It's probably going to be close either way, regardless of who wins um, down to the wire. So looking forward to seeing how the division shakes out, of course. Uh, but, yeah, I'm going with the Ravens. Yeah, it's going to be a tight division. Um, we'll get to my thoughts on the Steelers when we get to the wildcard teams. Um, but I'm going to take the Bengals. I think we we see this every year with new offensive coordinators. It's going to take a couple weeks. Getting the starters to play in the preseason isn't the same. It, you have to get game reps. So I'm not saying the Ravens are going to go 0-4 to start the year, but like there's going to be games where they – struggle or falter and, and and maybe drop a close one early. I think the same thing about the Chargers, too. So I'm not just saying it because it's the Ravens. I, it, I think it's every team that breaks into offensive coordinator, it, there's some growing pains early on, um, especially going from such a drastic difference in scheme. Like, right, this, there's nobody ran the Greg Roman scheme but the Ravens. No one ran that. And then you get into a more of a modern scheme with what Monken did at Georgia. And I think while it does complement the, the team very well with what they have in Mark Andrews and Lamar Jackson and kind of the the par- the comparisons you can make between the receiver room at Georgia last year and what the Ravens have now, let's say Flowers, and um, you look at Odell, what he can do as well. So I think, it, yeah, they're going to be really good. I think they're going to make the playoffs. I'm, I'm going to take the Bengals, though, as a team that, again, until they get unseated as the division champ, I'm not going to pick against them right now. Um, again, it's kind of just how it is. I do think that the loss of Jesse Bates is going to hurt them, though, and that I think that this – this this could come down to a tiebreaker type of division, right? Like I don't know if it's going to be by a game. It might be just a tiebreaker that the that the Bengals get. Um, but this should be a great division to kind of watch as, as the whole season unfolds again. Outside, like you know, right outside of Cleveland, three of these teams do the little things right, which is what matters in the NFL. So um, definitely going to be a really exciting one to watch. Get to the AFC South. This was probably the easier one of the easier picks I made, picking the Jags. I think the Colts are going to be really bad this year. I think I don't even know if JT's playing as a JT dynasty owner. I'm seething, but that's, you know, whatever. I digress. Um, Richardson's going to struggle in year one. He needs to. He has to sit there and make mistakes and struggle, and the team has to be patient with him. The Titans are – they should be tanking. I mean, it's not in Vrabel's blood, but they should be tanking for Caleb Williams. Um, they have the roster to do it. I'll tell you that right now. They have the roster to tank, but they're not going to. And the Texans, it's just it, they're a young team. A lot of growing pains with that group. I think CJ is going to make some mistakes. Yes, he needs to. Again, all rookie quarterbacks need to make mistakes. They need to kind of grow through it. Um, you know, that said, I, I don't know if they're winning this division. I think the Jags are a pretty clear-cut division winner here. Um, there's really not much to kind of talk about for them, other than the fact that they had the best quarterback in the division by a, by a, a country mile. 
and they probably have the best defense in the division too. And I, the Colts are a mystery to me, and the other two defenses are rebuilding, so I, I don't know how to feel about it. Yeah, I'm going Jags as well. Um, try not to repeat anything you said. I, I love Calvin Ridley. I think he's really slept on as a guy that could have a big year just because he was out last year. Um, you know, Trevor Lawrence, looking for him to take another step. He had a hot finish to last year, and I think, you know, their their team should really assume their full form this year. Um, you know, maybe win a couple playoff games, but I'm picking the Jags. I'm looking forward to see how the Texans do. I think they're one of the exciting younger teams just with all the polarizing rookies and guys on that team from C.J. Stroud, Will Anderson, even Tank Dell. Should be fun to see how he how he does in that offense. Um, local guy. But yeah, um, not really a tough decision here. The Titans aren't going to do that well. Um, they should be in the bottom of the division. If I'd be surprised if they weren't. And then the Colts and the Texans should be fighting for that second spot. But Picking the Jags to win it. Moving on to the AFC West. I'll let you start it off. I mean, it's the Chiefs until it's not the Chiefs. There's nothing else for me to say. I think the Chargers are going to have a really good year. Uh, I think they do have some growing pains early on with the offense, but I think that they can work through those because their first four games are a little easier than than the last, the next four. So I think that they luck, they get lucky with the fact that I think that they play some easier opponents to grow through those pains with, right? Um, so again, I think they could have a great year. I think Justin Herbert's primed to have an MVP type season. That said, I'm not picking against the chiefs until it's not the chiefs. I will be wrong before I pick against the chiefs. That it's that kind of, it's, it, this is a Patriots type rug. Like I'm, I will be wrong before I make a pick against the chiefs. If that makes sense. So, right. Yeah. I'm I not mean, riding with Broncos country and I'm not picking the Raiders. I think the Raiders are going to be not good either. So it's the chiefs until it isn't. Yeah, I'm going Chiefs as well for the same reason. Um, you know, you see guys take other teams just to mix it up, and it's the Chiefs again. So I'm I'm picking the Chiefs to win the division. I think it'll be close down the stretch between them and the Chargers, obviously. Um, ninth, the Raiders. The Raiders could finish third above the Broncos. I think that's kind of a hot take. Um, you know, I think the Broncos, obviously a lot of hype around them. Sean Payton, Russ is another year in the offense. Um you know, they, they do have good players, but I just think it's going to be tough for those teams to pick up any divisional wins against the Chiefs. Um, the Chiefs get at least four divisional wins every year, maybe five. Um, so, yeah, it's going to be really interesting to see how down the stretch this division plays out and if the Chiefs pull away at all. But I, I hope it comes down to the last week. I hope it's exciting for every division. But, yeah, going with the Chiefs, you just have to with you know how much success they've had in the last four or five years. Um, but rounding out the AFC, AFC East, a new look division this year. Um, uh, you know, the Dolphins back with that trade to Trey Lance, who Trey Lance is now in Dallas. If you didn't see, um, that trade played out beautifully for them to trade down from number three to number 12. Um, they ended up with Channing Tindall, who was a fourth round pick Bradley Chubb, who they traded the first four Tyreek Hill, who they traded a first four and then Jalen Waddle, who they drafted themselves. Um, no, really good roster for the Dolphins. I don't think I don't have them making the playoffs. Shockingly, um, I just don't think they're going to be able to get through the season with how much better the division got. Uh, the Jets obviously a completely different outlook with Aaron Rodgers and another year of all all incredible rookies they had last year. Garrett Wilson, 
Brees Hall would have been rookie of the year had he not torn his ACL. He, he'll come back at some point. And then also on the defense, you have a few really good players. Sauce Gardner, for instance, um, secondary kind of overperformed last year. So a really exciting year. But I'm picking the Bills. I think the Bills have the most experience. They're going to, you know, they've done this before. They won the division pretty frequently as of late. And, you know, everyone's back. You, you lose Tremaine Edmonds, which isn't a huge deal overall in the landscape of the team's projections. Um, you know, you still have Matt Milano. They still kept uh, Mike Poirier, Jordan Hyde, Davies White. Um, even though he's not what he was, still, you know, still a good corner. Um, a lot of outlook on that defense. Von Miller's going to be out for the first few weeks, but he'll be back. Um, another guy with proven, obviously, um, he should still get about double-digit sacks. So I'm looking forward to see how this division shakes out as well. Another division is just loaded with competition. AFC, you know, three of the four divisions are stacked with two, three teams. Um, you can make a case for winning a playoff game, winning a couple playoff games. So I'm, I'm picking the Bills just because they've done it before, but I'm not ruling out the Jets or Dolphins either. But um, I am ruling out the Pats, I will say. I don't think the Pats are going to have a great year. It's just going to be tough for them to win with the division that they're in. Um, going to be tough to pick up divisional wins, and I'm not sure if they're playing outside of the division. Probably a fairly easy schedule. Um, but, yeah, I probably wouldn't be picking them to win more than seven games. Yeah, I think in the AFC, in the AFC, I'm playing the Bills again, too. I, I worry about – I the Pats aren't going to win. I'm worried about the Jets' offensive line. Genuinely, I worried about the, I worry about the health of that team, and there's a lot of mouths to feed. But I also like there's not meant there I, outside of Garrett Wilson. How many elite mouths are there that feel on that team? You know what I mean? Like how many elite weapons are they really rocking with? Um, I mean, Brees is Brees was going to win offensive rookie of the year last year. Had he stayed healthy, but he's not healthy. He he's coming off an ACL tear, which is tough. Not to mention the fact that he's now in a running back room with Dalvin Cook, who I will not get on my soapbox about why that was a stupid move for him or for both sides, but whatever. Um, yeah, I just know how many how many touches that those guys can get now individually to really be elite now, right? So I I just I worry that they are getting this this crazy bump preseason and we see them fall short. Um, and the Dolphins, I just Tua can't stay healthy, dude. If he plays 17 games, that I hope he does. I, I truly I hope he does. But until I see it, it's going to be tough. Um, and, and the defense worries me a little bit. Jalen basically being out till November, December is going to be tough for them. Xavier Howard's not getting any younger. I mean, he might be on the wrong side of, you know, what, 28, 30 almost now. Yeah. He may just be on the wrong side of that, I think kind of slowing down this year and um i'm a big believer in jalen phillips off the edge and i like what they have with him and bradley chubb i just i worry that they're in a really hard or they're in a tough division and they're gonna have a tough schedule i mean they play the chargers week one which i think is a loss in los angeles and it's just it's gonna be tough man i think they have a tough schedule they were a, they were a two seed last year which means they get a bunch of two seeds and i think that they are going to struggle. The offensive line is still bad. So I'm, I'm picking them. I'm kind of picking the bills by default, if you will. I think they're a really good team. I don't think they're this like, Oh my God, they're a super bowl winner that people think they are every year. 
I'm not as high on the defense as, as a lot of people are. I think that it's an old it's an old defense, and I don't know how much better they're going to be this year. Um, but that said, I think they're going to win the division by default and because of the experience that they have, um, again, in the division and being with the winning success they've had in the last few years. So um, that wraps up the AFC. We'll get into the NFC now, starting with the NFC North. I'm taking the Lions. I don't think they're going to dominate the division. I don't think it's going to be such an easy division win as a lot of people think it's going to be this year. That said, I think they do win the division. I don't think that the suspensions are going to hurt them that much, especially considering that, yeah, JMO got suspended, but they have a lot of weapons, and he's really the only big piece that got suspended for, what, six games, is it? Six games, yeah, right? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, so I think they've got the pieces around them to kind of get by without that guy for a while, and I think they're in a weaker division. Um, I think we're going to see the Vikings take a step back with Kirk and they lose Dalvin, which is going to be a bigger loss than I think they anticipate. I don't know how much better the defense is going to be this year in Minnesota. And I think we're going to see the Packers struggle early as they adjust to life with Jordan Love. That said, I have some confidence in that group. And then the Bears are the Bears, man. They are going to be bad. I hate to say that. I'm pulling for Justin Fields. I am, but I don't think they're going to be very good. Yeah, pretty much the same. Feel the same about this division. Uh, I'm picking the Lions as well. Probably win the division by a couple games. But I am picking the Vikings to finish second and clinch a wild card berth over the Packers. I just, they have a more proven team now that Aaron Rodgers is out of Green Bay. Um, I just don't know if Jordan Love, yes, he's. I think he's going to be good. But first year, I know he's had a lot of time to learn and really soak in everything you possibly can without stepping on the field um but i think the vikings are going to look good this year with justin jefferson jordan addison tj hawkinson i mean that's a really underrated trio i think and jordan addison i think should have a big year um and that offense just because of he should have single coverage most of the time and it's going to be fun to see how teams adjust to that based off addison's production and obviously it's going to be eased in a little bit but I'm picking the Vikings to come in second, probably Packers third, Bears fourth. Um, but, yeah, I think the Lions are going to win the division. They're looking really good. I'm really excited about what they're going to do this year and, you know, hopefully upset some teams that, you know, maybe people were picking above the Lions. But moving on here to the NFC South, picking the Saints. Uh, you know, Derek Carr going to the Saints wasn't a bad move, wasn't a great move. I thought it was a good move for him, um, kind of filling that role. They have a deep a deep roster, um, you know, no no real stars on that team outside of, well, I mean, Marshawn Lattimore, Cam Jordan, but outside of that, they don't have a ton of guys. Demario Davis. Um, Olave. The defense probably, is, he's a budding star. Right, right. Um, but, yeah, young guys on the offense, a, kind of a more veteran defense, and I think that'll be a recipe for success in a weak division. Um so I'm picking them to win it. However, I am picking the Falcons to finish second in the division. Um, I was kind of between the Falcons and the Vikings for my final playoff berth, and I ultimately went with the Vikings. Um, I just think the NFC South is going to be really bad. With you know, similar to the AFC South, it's going to be rough for you know a couple teams in that division. Um, that you know they'll be fighting for the first pick. So I'm going Saints to win it by you know a game or two, and after the Falcons, there's probably a drop off. Taking the Falcons to win, uh, like I said earlier, I think Arthur Smith finally has the pieces he needs for that offense to to function at full capacity. 
this pick is kind of a reflection of how I feel about Desmond Ritter going to this year based upon what we've heard about Desmond Ritter. I think we've heard some really good things. And I also think that Bijan Robinson is generational and the talent he brings to the table is going to be a big difference maker for them. I also think that they, oh, we talked about it on the pod and I'm forgetting what veteran tight end they signed, but they made a good move to sign a bad veteran tight end who can play in line that gives them the flexibility with Kyle Pitts. And there's a lot of talk about this is that this is finally the year Kyle Pitts breaks out. Um, you know, Drake London needs to have a good year. I think he's got to take another step. That said, I, I'm confident in what they can do. I like the moves they've made. They're going to be a sneaky good defense, I think. They're not going to be – they're not the Saints. Don't get me wrong. I don't think like, – I think the Saints have a really good defense. Um, but I I think they are going to be a sneaky good team defensively this year with Jesse Bates is a big piece to get in that back end. I think what he can do, not only from a, like a play standpoint, but from a mental standpoint and the way that he can bring that young secondary along with him is going to be big. And I think if they can get Jeff Okuda back midseason, look for a good a good finishing stretch for them to win the division and get into the playoffs. NFC West here, is the NFC is pretty easy to pick, I think. I'm taking the Niners simply because they just they have the best defense in football probably. Not probably they do. Um, and I think they, despite the quarterback situation, I know Brock Purdy's, I mean, he's going to regress to the mean this year. Statistically speaking, it's going to happen. Um, he's not going to be undefeated as a starter anymore. He's going to regress as the team's going to regress, just kind of how it goes, right? It's just going to get a course correct. That said, they have the best skill group in football. It's not even close, I don't think. Debo, Ayuk, Kittle, McCaffrey, Elijah Mitchell. Those are just the big names. I mean, they are so, so, so good. I mean, Trent Williams is still an absolute freak of nature and, and defies physics in nearly every single way, I feel like, all the time. So it's the 49ers until it isn't type of thing. Yeah, the Seahawks shouldn't be a lot. I think they're going to be better. That also accounts for Geno having another career year, right? So I. You know, if I'm going to take both to if I'm going to talk about regressing to the mean, I'll take the supporting cast in San Francisco than I will in Seattle. Oh, and yeah. the Cardinals should be picking first overall in trading Connor Murray. They're going to be t- right. terrible and the Rams should also be tanking that out there. Yeah, I was going to say the Rams and the Cardinals, um, the Rams should finish above the Cardinals. I hope they would. But yeah, Cardinals should for sure be last in the division, you know, fighting for that top pick. Um, the Rams. It's going to be tough. I mean, you got a Super Bowl out of it, and now you're you're seeing what happens after that um, when you go all in on so many guys to make a run and successful. So if I was a Rams fan, I wouldn't care. But uh, the Niners and Seahawks will be fighting for that division title. I think it's going to be closer than people think. I think Seahawks are only going to – I mean, Seahawks only might might only lose a division by one game. I think it, You know, the Niners have a really tough schedule. Seahawks don't really have that bad of a schedule. And – you know, if the Seahawks, Seahawks take another step, Geno Smith takes another step, um, you know, the Niners, a little bit of an uncertainty at quarterback. And I think as loaded as that offense is, I think we're going to see a little bit of a regression for that from them. Nonetheless, I'm still picking them to win the division. Um, this split with two good teams and two bad teams. But look out for the Seahawks. Uh, they're probably my five seed in the the first wildcard team in the NFC. But uh Final NFC division here before we round out the episode with our wildcard teams um, is the NFC East. 
interesting division this year. Um, I'm picking the Eagles to repeat. No reason not to. Super Bowl berth. Um, you know, they retain pretty much everybody and had a great draft again. Um, you know, I think they're going to have three rookies make the roster on def- or four rookies make the roster on defense, I believe. And they only drafted four. So um, it's a big deal when you make the Eagles defense, when you make the roster. And they're looking really good. Like I said, they didn't really lose that many guys when you have A.J. Brown, Devontae Smith, and Jalen Hurts. I mean, just, just talking about those guys um, is really good. And then you add in Dallas Goddard. Um, you know, they're loaded. And they should have another good year. I don't know if they're going to be a one seed in the NFC, but I am picking them to win the division. Uh, I think the Giants are going to take a step forward. Not a big step as people think, but their roster is looking good. They did a good job this offseason constructing that roster the right way. Um, But they're probably finishing third in the division. I'm taking Cowboys second. They're going to be my sixth seed in the playoffs uh, behind the Seahawks. So I think Cowboys should, should play well this year again. Probably similar season to last year in terms of how it's going to play out. And then I'm picking the commanders to finish last. I know I talked about it earlier. Um, it's just going to be tough for the commanders, the way their roster is right now. They just don't have the depth or the pieces starting, honestly. Um, just don't have the roster to contend with that division and with the league as a whole. Yeah. I mean, it's the Eagles. They got better this off season, which is hard to kind of hard to fathom. After how good they were last year, uh, they probably have the best record in football this year. they probably go to another Super Bowl looking at the NFC as I don't want to say weak, but as as not as good as the AFC as it is, if that makes sense. Um the Eagles are just somewhat head and shoulders better than everybody else in the in the NFC. So um it's them until it isn't kind of their Cowboys I, the Cowboys are so strange to me. Whatever. I, I talked about a little bit last week. They they have what the best scoring offense in football last year. And then they fire their offensive coordinator because Mike McCarthy wants to quote, run the damn ball. All right, brother, you do you uh, go for it, dog. Uh, it's not my team to not my job to lose, I suppose. Um, but, I mean, they're still going to be good. They, they're just, they're, they're too talented to not win games, right? The giants. Yeah. The roster looks good. And I like what they've done. I don't know if I can count on Daniel Jones to do what he did again last year. I, I can't bet on it, and I, I, I certainly am not going to be counting them as a playoff team right now because of that. I just asking him after the first four years of his career, as bad as it looked, asking him to go do it again is hard for me to do. Right? It's it's hard for me to go say that he can do it again. Um, Saquon also has to be healthy which we have not seen him do two seasons in a row. So I I don't want to count on injuries, but I also have to be realistic with the fact that, like, man, Saquon might not be healthy at some point this year, and if he's not, that offense is hosed. I mean, to be honest. I mean, yeah, they get Darren Waller, but when Darren Waller played last year, he didn't look that good. He looked like he took a step back. He looked like he lost a step. And I, I'm not counting on rookie Jalen Hyatt to be that dude yet, right? So – I Saquon goes down. I think that offense is hosed, and um, I'm not counting on him to be healthy for 17 games. Nor should am I going to count on any running back to be healthy for 17 games, let alone him. So, um, taking the Eagles there, Commanders again should be bad in taking the quarterback name the Drake Mayer, Caleb Williams this year. That said, we're going to see some teams like like the Cardinals are actively tanking. I don't know if anyone realized like they. 
They cut Colt McCoy, who's been with that franchise for the last five years, probably. And they wouldn't sign Josh Dobbs and go, you know what? Dobbs is a starter for real. Okay. That's a choice. Not one that I would make, but all right. That said, they're tanking. They're hoping the Texans are terrible so they can pick Caleb and Marv. Whatever, bro. Cool. Um, Yeah, the commanders should be doing the same thing. They should be tanking this year. They've set it up so that Ron Rivera can fall on his sword, tank, right off into the sunset as a hero in the DMV for the commanders. Eric Bieniemy can take over as head coach, and they can draft Caleb, the, the, the Washington native Caleb Williams. They can draft D.C. native Caleb Williams. It's it's setting up to be storybook. If something's going to go wrong, it's not going to happen, but they're going to be bad. Um, wild card teams, AFC in this order, 5-6-7. I'm taking Chargers, Ravens, Steelers. Steelers almost made the playoffs last year in Kenny Pickett's rookie year. And I think Kenny's going to have a good year. I think he's going to ha- – listen – People want to hate on Kenny Pickett and the Steelers because it's cool. And don't get me wrong. I'm, I'm all for it. I'm not a Steelers fan by any means. I am a Mike Tomlin fan. I, I do think Mike Tomlin is one of the greatest coaches in NFL history. And I know you hate to hear that. But I think that they're going to have a really good year to make the playoffs. I think they're going to well, – again, they do the little things right. And if TJ Watt is healthy and the rest of that team is healthy, I really, really like what – they did in the offseason. I thought they had a great draft. I thought they, they nailed the draft getting Broderick Jones. They get Joe Porter Jr. in and in the second round at the top of that top of the top of the second round with that pick from um for Chase Claypool. And I thought I just I thought they nailed it. I thought they had a great offseason and I think that what they were able to do was surrounding Kenny with with talent, getting the offensive line better, getting the defensive the secondary better. I, I truly think they're gonna make the playoffs this year. I think they they beat the Jets, they beat beat out the Jets, they beat out the, the Dolphins, they beat out the Broncos for that last spot. Um, and it's because of Mike Tomlin. It's because of Mike Tomlin, his, his guys do the right thing. They make the right plays. They're in the right place. They don't have off-the-field issues that are distractions in the locker room, right? Like, we can talk about A.B. and the character that he is. But he the way he can get guys to, me, to mesh together and win is second to none in the NFL. So, I, I think they're going to make a push here. And I think the Chargers-Ravens is easy. They're going to win their – they're going to be division winner caliber teams that just don't because they're in really good divisions. So, um, And I think the Chargers have an easier division than the Ravens do. So 5-6-7, it, it lines up pretty easily for me. So, Yeah, I like it. Um, I already touched on this team, so I'll keep it pretty straightforward. Five is going to be the Bengals. Um, you know – should have a good record overall, good conference record. Um, it's just going to be how healthy is Joe Burrow throughout the stretch of the season. Carters are six, like you said. Um, they should be competing down to the last couple weeks for the division title and probably just miss out. Um, so they're going to be a sixth seed. And then seventh seed was tough. I picked the Jets because Aaron Rodgers, um, to say the least. But they have... They do have good players around him on both sides of the ball. Um, you know, good roster. And I, I picked him over the Dolphins and the Steelers because the Dolphins, I don't know what the Tua situation is going to be. And then the Steelers, granted, they do have um, Pat Frymuth, Darnell Washington, um, George Pickens, Deontay Johnson, Najee Harris. Like, those are good players, but, like, they need to 
prove themselves more. And I think the Jets overall are just going to be able to make that jump quicker this season at least, but it's going to be tough. And then going to the NFC, uh, my five seed is going to be Seattle. My six seed is going to be Dallas. And my seventh seed is going to be Minnesota. Seattle, because I think they're going to be really good this year. I think people are overlooking them. Um, You know, yeah, they were good last year. They weren't supposed to be. um, But I think they're going to make another push this year, uh, push the 49ers to win that division. I don't think they're going to, which is why they're a wildcard team for me. But five seed, Seattle. Six seed, Cowboys, they're going to come close. But I just, they don't have the roster. They're not, that's just the truth. I mean, they don't have the roster to compete with the Eagles. And as, as much as that hurts Cowboys fans, um, they don't. So I'm going to go um, Cowboys six seed and seven seed. I'm going Vikings, like I said earlier. I think the Vikings are going to be good this year with that offense. Um, yeah, they lost Dalvin Cook, and but I mean they have great receiving threats. And I think I don't know if the defense can match up against all those guys. Um, See, so I'm going Vikings seven to just get in, probably over the Packers and Falcons. Uh, yeah, I've got the same. I've got two of the same teams as you um, in the same order with Seahawks at the five, Cowboys at the four, or sorry, the four at the six. Um, same reasons as you. I think the Seahawks take another step this year. I think they're going to be really good. I just, I don't think they're better than the Niners this year. Um, lose the division, they're going to have a good record. Cowboys, again, I think the NFC is just not very good, and they're going to just luck into wins. Not luck in it, but they're going to they're going to walk themselves into wins because they're so talented um, defensively. And I think that, yeah, Dak is not the greatest quarterback and he's going to throw some picks. That said, like, look at the skill talent around him with <laughs> with CD and Brandon Cooks and Michael Gallup and and Tony Pollard. And the offensive line isn't terrible. So they're, they're going to win some games. That said, they're going to be a six seed. Um, and I I wouldn't be picking them to make the playoffs in the, in the AFC for what it's worth. Um, the Seahawks, I probably would. I'd probably pick them as a seven seed in the AFC. Um, I'm not picking the Cowboys to make the playoffs in the AFC, if that if that's makes sense. And I'm taking the Packers as my as my seven seed. Uh, I think I, I like their defense a lot. Everyone knows I was a big Lucas Van Ness fan coming out of the draft. I thought he was really good, and I think he can do some really good things on that Packers team because of the the the, the room they have there, right? With with Zedarius Smith, Preston Smith still there. Um, or sorry, not Zedarius Smith, Preston Smith and Rashawn Gary. I don't know why I said Zedarius Smith. Um, legend though, by the way, loves it areas. Uh, but Rashawn Gary and, and Preston Smith and Kenny Clark still up front, I believe. Um, so I like what they do defensively up front. Like I think Van Ness can slide in and do a lot of great things for that group. I think he learns from a really, really, really talented guy in Rashawn Gary who profiles very similarly to him. I think, um, kind of that, I don't want to say tweener ideal edge, but a guy who kind of, kind of do both. Um, coming out and I think has a better future as an edge rusher uh, again very similar to Rashawn Gary coming out of Michigan um, in what 2018 right yeah, that sounds right 2018 um, and then I, I like their secondary if Jair can stay healthy Jair Stokes um, Devon Devon Campbell at linebackers a really really talented dude um, is a- Adrian is Adrian Hamas still a Packer or is he a bear no I don't think yeah, he's a Packer is he? No, he's with the Jets now. Jesus. Yeah. Dude, I've been so unplugged this summer. Um, <laughs> either way, I, I still think they're a talented group, a talented room. Um, 
I think offensively, Christian Watson is going to be big for Jordan Love this year. They made a run at JT. They were that they were that missed that second mystery team came out this morning. They were the they were the other team or this morning yesterday morning for you guys listening to this on Thursday. Um, came out Wednesday morning that they were the mystery team in on JT. So clearly they're looking to add some talent. I think that could still happen kind of via the waiver wire with some talented guys that have been cut um, and waived. So I think that. Aaron Jones, A.J. Dillon, they drafted two rookie tight ends that can both do good things. So um, Luke Musgrave and Tucker Craft. By the way, Tucker Craft, monster beer drinker. If anyone did not watch the Beer Olympics on Bustle with the Boys, Tucker Craft have put them away, dude. I was impressed. Um, South Dakota State, come on, man. What are we expecting here? Um, FCS, FCS legend. Um you no, know, I think I think Jordan Love stumbles out the gates, but I think as we've seen Matt LaFleur teams do is make up Aaron Rodgers teams really, but Matt LaFleur coach teams have been able to make late pushes. Um so I think we could see them have a good kind of second half of the year with Jordan Love. I, I I'm not out on Jordan Love, honestly. I I mean Christian Watson's a, a, a fantasy gamble, I think, but I, I like the the talent around him. Um, so I'm, I'm looking for them to make the playoffs, sneak into the playoffs as a seven seed and again, a not very good NFC. So I'm not confident in the, in the Vikings defense. They've not gotten any younger. And I think as, as much as I like Jordan Addison, I, I worry about the offense sometimes without, without Dalvin and how's that run game going to be. And if they can't run the ball, it's going to be hard to throw the ball as good as Hawk and as otherworldly as Justin Jefferson is, it's going to be tough and Kirk's not getting any younger. So, um, they're a sneaky team to take a quarterback this next year, I think, if, you know, Kirk doesn't have a great year. So, um, yeah, that wraps up our, our our wild card teams, our NFL predictions for the year. Uh, we'll have some Super Bowl, some playoff Super Bowl predictions as well as an NFL preview for the for week one next week. Um, super excited about it. It, it. You know, fantasy football is in full swing. College football is in full swing. NFL is almost about to be in full swing. So it's the best time of the year. Uh, weather's cooling off finally here in Lubbock. I know it's not going to be the great in Austin this weekend, but um, it's cooling off a little bit in Texas. Um, love college football, love NFL football, so I'm, I'm pumped, man. This is going to be great. Um, I think we've got a good setup here with Thursday Turf Talk as well for the season. So um, looking forward to covering it this season for you guys. Yeah, I can't wait to get it back rolling again. Um, yeah, like you said, looking forward to getting these episodes out to you all. Um, you know, normal episodes every Tuesday with the occasional special and then um, every Thursday, we're going to have our Thursday turf talks centered on college and pro football um, throughout. So we appreciate y'all tuning in today. Um, another big episode next week. So stay tuned and we will see y'all in a few days. See y'all soon.